how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome back to Creative Principles. I am your host, Brock Swinson. Now, normally this is where I interview amazing writers, screenwriters, authors, creatives, musicians, all types. But over the next 15 or 16 episodes, we're doing something very special and actually giving away my first book, Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers, the full audiobook over these next several episodes. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We will be back to interviews very soon. But this is part of my mission this year to give away 100,000 copies of my book. So if you haven't already grabbed your copy, go over to brockswinson.com. You'll see a link to the PDF. That's a digital download and audiobook, which you're about to listen to here. You'll also see at brockswinson.com access to things like the free 30-day prolific writing challenge and also some other challenges built around writing, such as the Upwork Unfair Advantage, which will teach you how to be a six-figure freelancer. You can also find courses such as how to write a nonfiction book in 12 weeks and some upcoming screenwriting and TV writing courses as well, along with my brand new one-on-one mentorship, Storyteller Launchpad. All that's over at brockswinson.com, but now let's jump into Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. In this book, which I wrote around episode 250 of the podcast, across these episodes, you'll learn things like how to annihilate a writer's block by embracing the playful trickster mentality or how to weaponize your anxiety with the different is better approach, how to defend your time with the calendar anorexia mindset, what it means to create ruthless prioritization and use the urgent versus important system, and probably most importantly, how to avoid self-sabotage. It's all on the pages of Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. And make sure to join my email list to learn about my upcoming book, The Self-Reliant Artist. All that's over at brockswinson.com. Chapter 10, Embrace the Risk. To ask is a temporary shame, not to ask a lifelong shame. Japanese proverb. When you're learning to develop your voice, it's important to understand where inspiration comes from, how to make it personal, how to dive deeply into the research, and also how to rest between sprints of work. At the same time, however, the only true way to discover voice and expand to something authentic and real is to take new risks. New forms of risk bring the possibility of failure, but also showcase the limitations of your current capabilities. Without risk, there is no clear path forward. Risk showcases the limitations of your capabilities, but also invites you to extend beyond any preconceived limitation. When you know where you stand, you know which way to push the boundaries. In this new state lies your voice. The goal of a voice is to speak not with objective authority, but with subjective curiosity, says Marie Carr. Over time, curiosity turns amateurs into professionals. Some of the most famous intellectuals are known for sharing their climbs to success. They stumbled along the way. They failed more than they succeeded. Because of this failure, they found success. Honestly, you only win because you fail more than those around you. 
Every hurdle you pass and failure from which you arise pinpoints a spot where someone else will quit. When you embrace the risk of failure, immerse yourself in the process, and keep trying new things, you stretch your mind, callous your fears, and shed the old version of yourself. But you have to embrace new risks over and over again to avoid becoming stale. Get your hands on a camera and get immersed in the process, Jeff Cronenworth told me. The cinematographer for David Fincher said, Every time you shoot something, mistakes or not, you're going to walk away with knowledge. Over the course of Cronenworth's career, he not only learned how to make better films, but how to be focused on the end game, yet flexible in the process. I think I was pretty regimented before, he told me. I was less open to being fluid. I thought you had to have a perfect plan and you had to execute it in a certain way. The older I got, the more flexible I got. There are so many ways of making beautiful images. The story will tell you what it wants to be. If you apply yourself, you'll discover what that is. He concluded, Budgets are changing. Schedules are faster. The invention of HD and digital photography, in some ways, has taken the mystique from what photochemical process used to be. You find yourself pushed into things with expectations that are grander. So it's an adapting thing as the equipment changes and as the industry changes. As your industry changes, you must change with it. Doing so could mean you're the next person to literally alter your industry for the better. To be an innovator, you need to see the future version that you're chasing yourself, but you don't necessarily need to see the exact order in which the audacious goal will be achieved. Focus on what needs to remain the same, but be flexible enough to know when and how to change. If you do not fear the disruption in your industry, you can be the disruption in your industry. This is what separates professionals from amateurs. You don't need permission, you don't need a certificate, you don't need a degree. You just need to put in the work and embrace new risks day after day. Pros are just amateurs who know how to gracefully recover from their mistakes, says innovator Kevin Kelly. Recovery means more than just bouncing back. Recovery is about putting yourself in a position where the dangers of individual risk are literally less dangerous. This could mean putting more irons in the fire, but could also mean creating a shield around the part of your mind that is subject to fear, as that part of the mind no longer serves you in the way it served your ancestors. In short, there's nothing on the other side of fear. Fear was instilled in humans to protect us from real dangers, but now we use it to avoid risks. Kill those nerves that send fear throughout your body to become a different person. As Vince Vaughn said about the auditioning phase, When you don't get it, your day the next day doesn't change. You're just a person with the same credits you had. So there was a lot of time and energy spent to get to that moment. And if it didn't pan out, you were no more castable as a known entity than you were before. So what would happen was, when you would get that close and it wouldn't happen, at first I would get down and I would take four or five days and I would just not do anything. I'd lose my energy. Then I started to realize that the week I took off was really two weeks. It was a week of not getting better and it was a week of getting worse. Now I've given myself two weeks less to improve other things I am in control of, he concluded. I started looking at it like a percentage game. The more I worked on things, my percentages would go up. What I realized later was it gave you a confidence to feel like you belong there. You have to give yourself permission to perform in areas where you feel uncomfortable because it's the darkest, deepest caves that possess the most treasure. You already have everything you need to uncover that which you seek. If there are any real barriers, they're inside your mind. Not only do you have to give yourself this permission, you have to do it as quickly as possible. In fact, if you're not experiencing anxiety, the risk you're taking likely isn't worthy of your time. 
If you spend too much time focusing on your discomforts and pains, you're killing your possibilities. If you're spending too much time wishing for a better future, you're not taking enough action. To truly kill those fears within, it's vital to act as if success is inevitable. To enjoy bodily warmth, writes Herman Melville, some small part of you must be cold, for there is no quality in this world that is not what it is merely by contrast. Nothing exists in itself. If you flatter yourself that you are all over comfortable and have been so for a long time, then you cannot be said to be comfortable anymore. Within pain lies growth. As you explore new fields, you will find yourself feeling like an amateur all over again. But that's the point. It's that which makes you uncomfortable that probes you towards something drastically better. Or, as Ernest Hemingway so eloquently put it, the first draft of anything is always shit. At the same time, there's always a variety of truth within conventional wisdom. When Abraham Lincoln wrote the Gettysburg Address, one of the most famous documents ever written, his hometown newspaper called it, quote, dishwater utterances. In each production, says Ken Burns, my molecules are completely rearranged. That's a good thing. Making a film is like confronting a million problems. It's industrial manufacturing of anxiety. There are things that will go wrong, and that's human. He continues, The biggest thing you can do is anticipate and welcome the inevitable problems that will occur. Permit that to be an exercise in transcendence. Take out the reaction and transform the seemingly negative energy as patience of process. Embrace the risk, understand the process. Embrace the process, chase new risks. Failing on any scale is better than not trying in the first place, says photographer Chase Jarvis and countless other creatives across space and time. Nothing happens when efforts stop. Comedian Ellen DeGeneres said, When you take risks, you learn that there will be times when you succeed and there will be times when you fail, and both are equally important. The risk of failure is what makes you a writer. The risk of failure is what makes you prolific. If you don't publish, you really don't have the experience of writing, said actor Ethan Hawke about publishing his first novel. It's giving it away to other people and passing through the gauntlet. Publishing makes you a writer. Publishing might mean getting an agent. Publishing might mean hitting send. Publishing might mean typing the end. Whatever publishing means to you, it's inevitable to your success. Publish, publish, publish. The positive thing about writing over, say, big wave surfing or free climbing is that failure isn't actually death, even when it feels like death. The same segments of the brain light up and the same fears of failure are there, but the true fear does not actually result in anything that you can't fully recover from and continue the work. Pushing through is courage, says big wave surfer Nick Lamb. Pushing back is regret. The only way to deal with pain is practice, says free solo climber Alex Honnold. I get used to it during training so that when it happens on big climbs, it feels normal. When the uncomfortable becomes comfortable, success is inevitable. It's about sorting out perceived risk from real risk and then being as rational as possible with what's left, says Alex Honnold's photographer and fellow climber, Jimmy Chin. In writing, failure is merely experimentation of the craft. In fact, if you're hitting too many green lights with your work, it's because you're not pushing the boundaries of your own capabilities enough. When you change the definition of failure, you remove its power over you. Experiment with that which excites you, but disregard the new information on an emotional level, meaning it matters not if you pass or fail. Instead, use this new information to better serve your readers, viewers, or tribe. Write for you first, then serve your audience, but understand who you are writing for and disregard the critics because critics can only critique from a level below you. 
No one above you has the time to critique novice writers. They're too busy putting in the work. He who jumps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand and watch, says Jean-Luc Godard. With this new mentality, it is possible to view your writing and therefore your subjects in a new light. Mark Manson refers to this with the question, how do you choose to suffer? When you suffer for the right reasons, your voice will be the strongest part of your body. Then you can remove those aspects of fear and limitation created within the mind. As Kevin Hart says in The Decision, bullshit doesn't come from other people. It comes from your head. Suffer by never competing or suffer by chasing everything you ever wanted. It took me a long time to find my voice and I'm not going to be quiet, says Madeleine Albright. When she traveled for work, the former Secretary of State also regularly told foreign parties, I've come a long way, so I must be frank. When you find your voice, it's your duty to let the words flow in a concise manner. Then the various parts of creativity that naturally combine in any new field come together to create something new, over and over again. When you're looking through the lens, you're responding to it, says cinematographer Trevor Forrest. There's three things, the camera and the lens, a person in front of you, and there's the light and environment. If you can see three elements, you can change them. Once you own your voice, you own the page. Once you own the scene, you own the screen. Once you find your voice, you can actually begin to mentor yourself in certain ways. Looking forward to a future version of yourself, you can create a present to reach unthinkable growth. Once you have that inspirational voice within, you can then take more risk in life to see what works and what doesn't work. In short, playing it safe never truly excels any career. Taking risk, on the other hand, can change your life. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you walk. It changes the fundamental aspects of who you are. Then you can experiment, collaborate, and find new ways to display your work. The best mentor you have is yourself in terms of what can I do, says Forrest. What am I interested in and how can I do it? Wake up every morning, ask that, and you'll be fine. Through the risk of future self-mentorship, you can reach new grounds and surpass stale creative traits currently existing on life support. New risks will also change the way in which you find inspiration. When you follow that which truly excites you, it's impossible not to succeed. Don't become the prisoner of a preconceived plan, advises William Zinser. Writing is no respecter of blueprints. When you take risks, you see all the ways in which you were previously limiting yourself and your work. Few people realize how badly they write, adds Zinser. Nobody has shown them how much excess or murkiness has crept into their style and how it obstructs what they are trying to say. This isn't a discovery you can make doing the same thing over and over again. Every story you write, book you create, or character you build is just an experiment. In experimentation, there's success and failure, but your job is merely to conduct the experiment, then take notes on the results. And when it comes to data, it's not personal, it's just business. This is why I mentally refer to my weekly newsletter as Writer Field Notes, as daily work as a writer is nothing more than experimentation within the craft, and experiments aren't personal. One of the four agreements by Dan Miguel Ruiz is, don't take anything personally, Liz Feldman told me. It's hard to do that because rejection feels personal, but it never is. It's always about the situation or the broader politics, and it has nothing to do with your ability and your talent. You have to accept that rejection is going to be a part of your career, a huge part, the majority of it, clarified the blunt screenwriter. Likewise, author Elizabeth Gilbert would tell you, always remember that people's judgments about you are none of your business. The good news for newcomers, however, is that failure or even perceived failure doesn't actually happen until you're already a success. 
which is another reason we can call it experimentation instead of failure. Screenwriter Aaron Sorkin says, Right now, if I write something that is a failure, there are a lot of consequences. I just lost someone a lot of money and a lot of people are out of work. For myself, there would be public humiliation. So there's a lot of consequences. Back in school, I wish I had taken more chances. Sorkin has one of the most unique styles in the business, but he now ironically feels somewhat trapped within that style, which somewhat burdens his work. This is because the way in which we view success is different for every person. Success is viewed as something very distinct, but it's not. Richard Branson, for example, is clearly a successful billionaire, but if his goal was to live a quiet life, he's actually a failure. It's about your perspective on life and what success means for you. When you start to challenge yourself and stop taking everything so personally, you can suddenly look at your work with fresh eyes. I have a low boredom threshold, says novelist Dean Koontz. I've been known to throw away a half-completed novel manuscript if it doesn't grip me. When you're truly prolific, the individual words on the page hold less weight, but collectively have a better chance of passing the test of time. Putting the pressure of risk on yourself will inspire new work, but if you can simultaneously push away feelings of fear, you can create something truly remarkable. Make sure every component in your memoir is doing useful work, says William Zinser. Write about yourself, by all means, with confidence and with pleasure, but see all the details, people, places, events, anecdotes, ideas, emotions, are moving your story steadily along. In ghostwriting, there are often content editors and line editors. In this respect, it's vital for all writers to be able to switch their state of mind from creative writer to content editor to line editor. If you can wear multiple hats, you can create remarkable works. Then you can focus on the points that are truly most important to you. As you start to unlock a new version of yourself through perceived risk, you will begin to understand new aspects about who you are, but also who you can be. But again, it's all how you perceive risk, growth, and failure. Strategic coach founder and author Dan Sullivan describes growth as, quote, the gap in the gain. Sullivan will describe the two paths of measurement as that which makes happiness or heartache. If you measure your achievements by how much further you have to go, you measure the gap, which brings heartache. If you measure your achievements by how far you've already come, you measure the gain, which brings happiness. You might seem a success to everyone around you, but be miserable within. You have to look at each new risk as an experiment in which you progress to a new form of gain. Every day that you write is better than the day before. Every day that you try something new is better than the day before. Measure the gain, push your boundaries, discover a new version of yourself. Everything you ever wanted is just on the other side of fear. Some like to understand what they believe in, says Polish writer Stanislaw Lech. Others like to believe in what they understand. What will the next version of you believe in? Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. 
If it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.